Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Picking up today in our sermon series on the book of Genesis, uh, which Pastor Aaron started last summer, preaching through the first 25 books of Genesis, and picked up two weeks ago in chapter 26. And two weeks ago we heard in chapter 26 of how Abraham passed on his heritage to his son, Isaac. The promise of God that Abraham would be a blessing to all of the families on earth. This promise Abraham passed down to his son. And then last week we heard how Isaac passed this same promise on to the next generation. This time things didn't go so smoothly. You remember how how Isaac was ready to pass down the blessing uh, to his oldest son, Esau. But Esau's brother, Jacob, stole it. Uh, Jacob pretended to be Esau, duping his own blind-stricken father. Esau was furious, as you would expect, and vowed to kill his brother, Jacob. And so the mom stepped in. Out of protection for her son, Jacob, she told her husband, Isaac, send Jacob away to go find a wife from my family who live way, way away from here, up north in Haran. And there you have Isaac sitting amidst the rubble of this broken family who seemed to care so much more about what he has to offer than for who he is. He is the forgotten father. And as we heard last week, when we forget the father, things tend to fall apart. It's right here in this kind of somber time, this somber note that our story picked up again today, in chapter 28, to which we heard read just a few minutes ago. Jacob begins his long journey up north. No need to check the rearview mirror on his way out of town. No, he knows exactly what's behind him. It's all too fresh in his mind. The deception of his father, the anger of his brother, the fear in his mother's eyes as she hurries him off to a distant land. So one step at a time, Jacob walks away from his checkered past, into a future of of unknowns, a broken man and alone. The first day of his journey is a long one. Jacob's traveled nearly 50 miles under the blazing sun beating down on him. Now the sun is beginning to set. And Jacob can't go any further without the light of day. And he came to a certain place, the text says. Now, this isn't your normal pit stop rest area location. It's not like Jacob chose this spot because it had a lovely picnic shelter or well-maintained bathrooms or a nicely stocked vending area. No, Jacob simply can't go on without the sun. He's forced to stop here. And he stayed there that night because the sun had set. So he takes a rock for a pillow 
and lays down to sleep. Little does Jacob know who it is that brought him to this sacred spot. But then Jacob begins to dream, and behold, he sees angels, multitudes of them, ascending and descending on a ladder, up to heaven and back to earth, and then, and then back up again. God's ministers at work, carrying up to God the needs and wants of man, and carrying down from heaven God's assistance and protection. And he sees God himself standing there, Yahweh. And God comes to Jacob, draws near to him, and speaks to him the promise, the promise he spoke to Abraham and to Isaac. He says, I will give this land to you, and your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. And through your offspring, all of the families of the earth will be blessed. And then God adds, And I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go. Amazed and even a little afraid, Jacob wakes up from his slumber, and he names the place Bethel, which means house of God. Jacob. Jacob undeservingly and unexpectedly meets his maker. Standing at the base of that ladder, looking up to heaven, it must have felt so far away. I mean, think of what Jacob had just come from. And now here he stands in the presence of an all-holy God. He must have felt so small. And yet God draws near to him and speaks to him as one so close. I am with you. And Jacob has just left a family in ruins, on the run with a stolen birthright. And yet God speaks not a single word of condemnation to Jacob, but only blessing. God has a plan and a purpose for Jacob, and he vows never to leave Jacob until he has accomplished what he has set out to do. A miraculous dream, indeed. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, as I reflected on Jacob's journey in preparation for today, I couldn't help think of my own journey to this place. Now, Jacob's not the only one who has traveled a, a long way north. But as I've come to explore this Keweenaw Peninsula, in this copper country, I have to agree with our forefather Jacob. How awesome is this place, right? Forests of cedar and pine, trails of streams and creeks that flow beautifully, kept by Michigan Tech just in our backyard, Lake Superior in all its glory. Surely the Lord is in this place. And as I've gotten to know this place a little bit more and more, this Bethel, this house of God called Saints Peter and Paul, Lutheran Church. I say it again. How awesome is this place? A church formed in the 1860s by five charter members 
that have survived over 150 years now and grown into a church of hundreds. A church that survived that great fire of 1869 in its original Hancock location, one of just two or three buildings untouched. A church that grew out of that original space and moved here to its present location in Houghton by unprecedented blessing by God. And now even here in the last six months, an $800,000 plus dollar debt paid off? Surely the Lord is in this place. And here we sit atop a hill on a plot of land that those first five charter members never could have dreamed of. More and more people blessed through the ministry of their offspring and God's continued providence and protection and presence here at Saints Peter and Paul. But why, why me? Why should I be called to this certain place? What have I done to deserve to live in this beautiful land with people who have already shown me and my family such generosity and kindness? I may not have stolen a birthright and run for it like Jacob, but my own past is no less checkered. For much of my life, I feel like I have resisted God's call for me to be His child, and no less a pastor in His church. I have often forgotten the Heavenly Father, instead running after the devices and desires of my own heart and cursing God when I haven't received them. I've failed to love others like Jesus asked me to, especially those who have hurt me, and I've, I've held on to bitterness in my heart. There's so much that I haven't done that I could have to help others, and there are things that I have done that I never should have done. I've wielded words like weapons and torn apart relationships. I have brought about destruction. And at times, it feels like my own life has been in ruins. And yet, God never once abandoned me. He didn't leave me in my brokenness. Instead, God saw my brokenness and drew near to it, bringing restoration to a broken man. Nothing short of a miracle. But this miracle didn't come in the form of a dream like Jacob's. Instead, it came in the fulfillment of Jacob's dream. Remember that ladder In Jacob's dream, the one with the angels ascending and descending on it? Well, that ladder was a symbol representing God's real and uninterrupted fellowship with his creation. But about 2,000 years later, God would be the fulfillment of that ladder. He would show his, his connection to his creation in the most powerful way. He would become a part of it in Jesus. And we heard Jesus say himself in our gospel reading from John. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, 
you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on me, the Son of Man. Jesus is that gate of heaven. Jesus is the ladder. Jesus is that offspring of Jacob by whom all of the families of the world will be blessed, including me and you. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, he has paved a way for us to heaven. And it's a stairway of grace. It's not a ladder that we have to climb by our own works or worth. It's a stairway that God descends down to us. The broke down, the broken-hearted, the undeserving and unexpected. Jesus has forgiven me. He has restored me. And now he has even called me to be associate pastor of Saints Peter and Paul through you, his people. Miraculous indeed. Think of your own life. Think of all the little twists and turns your life has taken over your many years to today. Some of you have been lifelong members of Saints Peter and Paul, youpers from the start, and blessed by God to be here still today. Some of you never expected to be here. Some of you even resisted coming up here. You know, Michigan has an upper half. Why would I want to go there? Yet here you are. And God was there each step of the way, leading you, walking alongside of you, watching over you with each rising and setting of the sun. And he has called you back here again today to this Bethel, this house of God, so that he could speak to you. Maybe you're tuning in online for the very first time. Maybe by some happenstance you've gotten connected to this live stream. It's no accident that you were directed here. You have a God who's been watching over you your entire life, who desires to draw near to you, to restore you, to heal you, to to forgive you that past that you want to forget. God has already forgiven through his Son, Jesus. And he says to you, I am with you always. And then, followers of Jesus, God sends you out to his world to share his love. Because of Christ, you are a Bethel. You are a house of God. God has claimed you in, his, in your baptism and given you his spirit. You are an intersection between heaven and earth. Because Jesus lives in you, his spirit guiding you. He has led you here again today, and he'll continue to lead you to certain places. They may not look like much. Grabbing coffee with a friend or co-worker, going down to chutes and ladders for a play date, or maybe even the line at the DMV which I keep telling myself i got to go to uh, to get registered here. 
But God can use these simple places to reach others through you, through a simple conversation, through words of grace shared with that neighbor who you're just starting to get to know, or to that lifelong friend who still doesn't know Jesus yet. And don't think that God can't use you. Don't say to yourself, what would I say or what do I have to offer? Think of Jacob. Jacob had very little when he began his journey. A stolen birthright, a broken home, a stone for a pillow. And yet God would use Jacob and his lineage to bring about the birth of his very own son, Jesus. As we go from this place, we don't go it alone. The latter, Jesus, the one who has brought us into the very presence of God through his death and resurrection, he goes with you. God has brought you to this place this morning and he sends you out again as new people. People forgiven of a past and given a future of promise and blessing. He has loved you with an everlasting love and he sends you with his word of forgiveness and redemption. Walk with that promise each day. In Jesus Christ, amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding may guard our hearts and minds in the one true faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.